Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. So, so this book, dude. Yeah, dude. Like this book. So I can't help but get the feeling that what we got was the mushed down version of what should probably have taken place over like twenty books. I fucking agree, Tim. Yeah. Oh my god, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, this should have been more than one book. There's so much yeah. fucking shit in here. I think they had like these wonderful ideas laid out and planned out and whoever was in charge was like, well, you got two more. And so they just tried to fit in as much of the cool stuff because there's some stuff that they just basically like let drop off. Yeah. And then there's some stuff that like, man, like I I know we haven't done the recap yet, but like the the whole like stopping the guns from coming to Everworld. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that could have been, like, a three or four book thing yeah. on its own. It at least needed to be a one book heist. You know? I absolutely <laughs> agree that it needed to be one book heist. Yeah. But instead, we just get, like, you know, a couple chapters of it. And it, it just, it felt like, like, such a neat concept that wasn't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying it was done poorly, but would have been great if more time had been allowed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because like that happens, and then like the story kind of levels out for a bit, and then another big thing happens where yeah. it's like this should have been two separate books, yeah. right? Right, at minimum. Yeah, like you could have had that story go over mm-hmm. a couple of books of them dealing with it, uh, you know, sort of it hanging over their heads of yeah, how are we going to stop this? But yeah, it just this book did not get what it deserved. No. I think is the the way I'll phrase it. And I think that like at the stopping point that we did for the first half of this book mm-hmm. and then maybe three chapters after that stopping point, that was when they thought they still had all the time in the world. And then right. you yeah. can like tell the point where they realized, oh, the series is ending. Yeah. Right. The pacing's right. it, really it, it, weird. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was not the entire book. It was like, oh, no, we got to fit about four books in the last few chapters. Yeah, you have one and a half books left or one and a third book left. Go. Yeah. So which makes me think that book 12 is just going to be entirely off the rails. But it feels like we're done, you know, and we'll, well, I guess That's, we'll talk more about that I... in the recap, but it feels like we're done. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't know. No, dude, at the end of this book, I stopped reading it and I went... Okay, so the next one's going to be the three Rachel chapters and then the conclusion, like the epilogue book. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we did it. We did the, the book really in this one. Yeah. I, I did not expect when we finished reading the first half of this book, I did not think we would be where we are at the end of book 11. 
But it does. It seems like we should be we should be talking about these things at the end of book 20. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like a testament to how good they are at writing. Everything is still at a like you can tell it's faster paced than you want. You can tell that there's stuff crammed in here, but you're not reading it going. The writing is bad and I no longer like the way that this book is. It's still a good read. It's still Mm -hmm. easy to read. It's just everything's happening in hyperspeed. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they dropped off a couple of threads and my first thought was, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not fair that they didn't let them finish their story. Yeah. yeah, You know. But they did it in probably the best way possible. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, you just can't help but be like, oh, no, this isn't, this isn't how it was supposed to go. Like, All the beats were probably how they were supposed to go, or most of the beats, the big ones. But not this fast and not this close and not with this little amount of time. Yes. Yeah. And I can tell you, the the one... Well, we'll get to it when we get to the recap. But there's one thing that we've been wondering about for 11 books, and it just became like a a throwaway thing. Yeah. Not a throwaway. Not not really. Like a running bit. Yeah, it could have been the whole, it could have been a whole book on two itself. Yes. Yeah, I wonder as we go through this recap, I kind of want to call where I think all the yeah. book plots were because like, there's, there's so much. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was one in the first half of the book that we talked about. Uh, and it was the, the coup hatch just fucking off and going yeah. home. yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that wasn't like it's a it's a neat story beat that's gonna put them away and got them out of out of her way, but it just it happened off panel and it I don't know that was that was sort of the beginning of it for me, like looking back at it was like, hey, we're we're having to like mm-hmm. abandon ship on this thing. We've got two books to to get to a life raft. I wonder yeah. what happened uh some scholastic corporate guy was like my chart isn't up spiking it's down spiking or something and you know what i kind of wonder i kind of wonder if because everworld wasn't performing at the same numbers that animorphs was that they just pulled the plug i i wonder Hmm. Like I, I can't imagine that there are too many other reasons other than they weren't selling as many books as they hoped they would. Yeah. Uh. I, I got to assume that was it. I don't know that. I'm not an expert. I don't have insider information. But I gotta like, I gotta assume that was it, right? Either that, or they had something else they were trying to make way for. I don't know why they would. I don't know either, but like that's the only other reason I could think. When did Remnants come out? Was that after Everworld? I, okay, I thought it was explained to me that well, I guess Remnants would have had to have been after because they didn't actually finish Remnants, right? I don't believe so. So I think I was told that they didn't actually finish that one. So Remnants was 2001 to 2003, which feels like the exact same time. As Everworld, 
if I'm mm-hmm. honest, 1999 through 2001. So they finished Everworld and then started Remnants immediately. And they were already working on Everworld before Animorphs was done. The, yeah, the last books had ads for Everworld that was like yeah. launching. Like the la- book 54 has like a, a thing of, of okay. Rem- or Everworld in the back. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, is know. it is it is it bad that I want them to to do it again? Go back. I, I want them to. No, not Everworld. Like a monthly. Give me a book a month series. Like I want to. <laughs> yeah. I never. I never read any of these when they were coming out. And like, I'll be honest, that's not even how I watch TV anymore. Like, I have to binge everything. I binge yeah. podcast stories and everything. But like, I kind of want to get a new. Let's just get a new Scholastic once a month series. I'm so very willing to let the authors have a little bit more time, like once every two months. Yeah. Um, just f- nope. for the writing quality. <laughs> well, okay, nope. they could do a back. Listen, Scholastic, <laughs> hire me. We're going to have a meeting about planning, and we're going to sort this out. I'm going to figure out the backlog. We're going to figure out the story, the timeline, the run. Um, first of all, whoever did the covers for Everworld, you're fired. We're getting mm-hmm. David Mattingly back on board. Yep. Iconic yeah, I thought covers he did only. do the covers. I don't know. I'm going to say if he did, he's going to have some splaining to do. <laughs> They're just not as iconic as Animorphs. Like, Animorphs no. is fucking iconic. You can drop that joke today, and everybody's yeah. like, holy shit, those books? Let's see. Why would yeah, I tell me who did the cover? What is on this? the back? Yeah, I'm even willing to suffer through some oh. ghost-written books just to get the full experience. Oh yeah, you gotta. Yeah, <sighs> let's let's just do it. Let's just do yeah. a monthly book series. All right, one Scholastic. I'll give me be what I want. The editor Scholastic, hit me up. I'll be the editor yep. on the series. You can pay me a lower wage than is industry standard. I get it. Mm. Not by much. But like straight out of college wage, I get it. <laughs> no. I'm negotiating my salary with no. the company in absentia. <laughs> yeah. You're not good at it, by the way. Well, okay, that's because I negotiating that's without a party against you. Here's the thing though. I'm negotiating it now so that they don't question it when they hire me on. And then okay. when this is a okay. fucking hit, okay. then I go to a different company. And Scholastic has to pay me not to leave because I do there such a go. good job. There you go. Also, I'd no, I love know. that job. Let's 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 do it. Let's just All right. from scratch, we'll start a new one. And what I really want to do, like what I really, really want to do is I don't want to go in here and be like, Catherine Michael, what do you have for me? We're going to decide what's best for Scholastic. I want to go and I want to say, Catherine Michael, fucking yeah. fight. What book series are you doing next? <laughs> fight. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then whatever comes out of that is yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get um. Who is our favorite ghostwriter? Was it Elise Donner know. or something? I don't know. I have no idea. Whoever I, I think mine was whoever wrote the Tobias torture book. Okay, but Let's I think that person wrote that book, but then also wrote like one of the yeah. real stinker ones. They this is true, but that Tobias torture book was it really was really good. good. Though. It was really, it was good. really good. Yeah, so. I think that's why. Okay, which one was the Tobias torture book? Remind me. What's the cover look like? Uh, Are you joking? The um. Ask me what I had for lunch today. I don't know. 
I would have to Google. Let's see. Tobias I'll, torture book. Yeah. It's like book 33 or something. Oh, I just literally Googled book 33 as if <laughs> Google can fill in the rest of the context for me. Jesus Christ. No, that's Ellen an axe book. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the name. That's the name. Is it? Ellen Garreau. Yes, that's the name of, of the person who wrote the Tobias torture book. Oh, yeah, because they turned the ray on me, blah, blah, blah. Yep, that's it. 33. Mm-hmm. Casey nailed the book in one. Mm-hmm. It's Ellen Garreau. Oh. Get her back. Mm-hmm. And maybe give her a little more detail than maybe we gave whoever wrote book 10 of Everworld. <sighs> I Just saying. I had a fucking crisis because as I was reading this book, I was... Like, I couldn't tell if there was just a lot going on or if there was a lot going on compared to what happened last <laughs> book because nothing fucking happened in that book. And I was having yeah, a whiplash. I think, I think both. Yeah, it's definitely both. There's a lot. Yeah. God. Yeah, this is not a proper book to follow up. Book book 310. Book which is what I'm going to call it for now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Misplaced book. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I wonder. I wonder if I could get that on the Everworld Ricky. The Ricky. The Everworld Wiki. I bet you could. The Tim reading order. Mm. That's what I want. I want the Tim reading. The Tim suggested reading order. Yeah. And that would be the only change. I love that. (laughs) Oh my god! There's so much more content in this wiki than I thought there would be oh my god somebody's gone like somebody has put love into this the everworld wiki yeah the everworld wiki so what i'm hearing is that maybe i won't be the world's fifth most leading authority on everworld you're the sixth (laughs) yeah you're not far man (laughs) (laughs) careful of spoilers though I'm yeah, not actually, you haven't read 12 like, yet. Yeah, but I'm not like actually like reading what they're saying. I'm just looking at like they have a list of every single people on here. So like they have like Damn. submissions for everybody and like lists of books and blah, 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 recurring characters. Somebody wrote full things on the main character. Like I'm not reading. I'm just scrolling. But there's a uh, lot. I want someone to do that for Dungeons and Dragon Beams. Let's make a Dungeons and Dragon Beams wiki. Hang on. Let me put it on the agenda. Now, six page. It's seven pages, Tim. And it was before I added this. (laughs) This is just an outline for a meeting, and it's seven pages. Yeah, but we need it. I think we're going to need more than two hours. We might, but hopefully a lot of it. Listen, not to start doing business here in the middle of this podcast, (laughs) but I think a lot of it is really stuff that we've already discussed, and we just need to hone it in. I'm coming at it more from we're all going to be silly, goofy friends together and we're going to make lots of goofs and jokes and and riffs. No, I will run this meeting into the fucking ground. (laughs) There will be no goofs. (laughs) Whatever dumb conversation you guys are having, take it offline. Listen, let's put a pin in this. We can revisit this later. (laughs) Oh my God. She's going to have full mute control and we're going to get like our penalty for goofs will be 30 seconds of mute. (laughs) No, it's going to be all life alert your bits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't think your Animorphs Anonymous listeners understand that joke. No, I don't think so. If you don't understand that joke, go to Dungeons & Dragons Beam's Patreon, and you'll understand that joke. Listen to Tits of Crows. I ran that. Do you like work that I do? I ran that game. Do you like bird facts that are actually correct? And some incorrect ones. There are some incorrect ones in there as well. Yeah, I was about to say. About, you know. (laughs) Me and Austin were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Every day... I'm just so glad that I met Cassandra in the Severworld book. Because every day <laughs> I've never felt so seen. I'm, you know how you look for yourself in media, <laughs> <laughs> like we're the representation. Some people they want to see themselves in me. Listen, Tobias did a lot for the community to, for the trans community. Marco is by. There's representation in every book. And I just saw it in Cassandra, <laughs> who says things and nobody believes her, even though they're right. <laughs> anyway, should we, should yeah. we recap? I would love yes. to do that if you guys are ready. I'm so ready. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely, I'm ready. Okay. So, when last we left, the, everybody got their ass kicked. And I'm sure David was like, I told you so. Okay, so the battery. I've already fucked up. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm editing this one. It's fine. (laughs) Case is like, I'm fucking done. Let's start over. Start the podcast over. This is how we get land clams. You don't want land clams. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't get that joke, you should go to the Horse Girls Patreon. Oh, man. The lore goes deep. So deep. This is my marketing ploys. I'm only going to reference goofs we did in Patreon episodes of things. <laughs> That's how we get them. Oh, shit. All right. Let me take another run at this. The battered remains of the army comes back into town to find it looking abandoned. All of the windows shuttered closed. The castle is prepped for battle and fairy archers line the walls. Everybody reconvenes in the keep and exchange information. McCool is dead. They got their asses handed to them. Jaleel got the archers ready and the armorers are making arrows as fast as they can and the village is all locked up. Christopher's got a gnarly injury on his brow. A big flap of skin is hanging down and Etain is going to take care of him. April shows up and starts to tell him about how she talked to Brigitte and David tries to shut her up but everybody has already heard and is like, oh my god, Brigitte, she's awesome. We love her. She's one of our gods, blah, 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 blah. And David has to reveal that Brigitte is in their world, and she told him to kill Senna, and he totally did not do that, and thus doomed all of her people to death. Everybody is rightfully pissed by this news. Christopher sticks up for him, explaining that Senna had bewitched David, and this seems to make everyone more sympathetic. April April reveals that Brigitte told her, It's not too late! It's never too late! But a lot of people are probably going to die. Also, no man will kill Senna. Everybody is rightfully bummed about this news. Until Jaleel says, Do you want to build a tank? <laughs> I fucking love the Brigitte, I know her! Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't I even go her. here! <laughs> <laughs> Just Buddy the Elf in the middle of Everworld. I know her. Oh my god, why? Oh, probably cause these came out before that movie, but that would be the crossover. Yeah, yeah right. Oh man. Oh man. 
could have had. You know, it would have ended up in Everworld had it come from my brain. Hmm. Tremors worms. Oh yeah, that they would have definitely had tremors worms. What about some I... dune worms? Probably dune worms too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alex. they'd have been like watering. <laughs> Every day that we don't have tremors worms in a podcast that we do with you is the yeah. day that I think you might be a clone. <laughs> they would have gone to, you know. Autobot City. <laughs> the Mechanic City? Too. The, the Mechanic? The, the, their whole planet. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I thought you were doing a joke about when I fucked up the Chris Wooding series. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me. I'm just so conditioned to you making fun of me that now I'm referencing my own fuck-ups in other no, series. It's a, oh, no, it's the city on, on Cybertron. Yeah. And of course, it would have done that same thing where they all like go from normal people into animated people. Of course. Mm-hmm. Like Cool World? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what... If, that, uh, what I'm saying is if I'd have written this story, it would have been a mess. <laughs> it would have been an absolute mess. A delightful mess. Yeah. yeah. Like... I, it's not bad, though. I feel like if we hire Ellen Garreau... And you write the plot. We get her. <laughs> to to actually make good words? No. To make the, the middle words. That it she's you have the bones and she's gonna build you okay. the muscles that move the bones. Oh, I gotcha. That would be an interesting undertaking for Ellen. Bones are wet. Bones are wet. Gross. Wet pink bones. Wet pink ass bones. Ass Mostly bones. Black. Or green. Yes, bones. Oh, yeah. Or blue. I want tie-dye bones. We can make that happen. I don't... No, I don't... I don't... Because <laughs> you gotta, like, twist and rubber band? I don't know if oh, you can do that to a bone. I was... I, for some reason, I thought tie-dye was, like, the color wheel thing where you put the thing on the wheel and then, like, the gravitational, like, <laughs> centrifugal force, like, sprays the paint everywhere. And I'm like, no, that's incorrect. Tim is right. <laughs> Is there a Jackson Pollock your bones? <laughs> that sounds so threatening. Come on, Jackson Pollock your bones. Yeah. yeah. Fucker. That's, see, this is, they should have hired me to write you see the Dexter. This, oh, you see yeah. this splatter art? That's you. You're about to be splatter art. Split art. Split art. And then, oh man. There's so many good ones, right? Like, can I, gonna fucking war haul you? And that's where they take like mm. four different parts of your body yeah. and try to make them look slightly different, <laughs> hanging up next to each other. Oh man, I'm gonna turn you into a can of Campbell's soup. It's fucking right. Have y'all seen oh, Hannibal TV series? No. Yeah, we watched it in New York on that day that we swore we would never tell anybody that we went to New York and only watched TV in a hotel room. And played Doctor Who 2048. Yeah. Which I've started playing again, by the way. Um, Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Hannibal has a lot of like body horror, but it's also art kind of shit. And it's very disturbing, but also kind of cool. I don't know. That sounds kind of on brand for your podcast here. It's a really good show. Like we were just talking about David Mattingly. David Mattingly. I've never stopped talking about David Mattingly, if we're being honest. <laughs> okay. 
Christopher decides that he is going to be the one to go against Keith, feeling that Keith is partially his responsibility. So Christopher volunteers to go into the tank. As they are making preparations, a fairy reports that the enemy is at the gates and he would mistake them for drunks. David shakes Christopher's hand in a manly way and Christopher knows he's kind of fucked. Then Etain kisses him on the cheek and he definitely knows he's fucked. <laughs> he and half a dozen fairy archers climb into the tank, which is really just the cable car with a bunch of steel strapped onto it. He tells the fairies that the guns are going to be very loud and they should not be startled by the noise and that they're going to stand up, shoot and drop, shoot and drop, rinse and repeat. They start moving the cable car forward at a whopping five miles an hour, and when they reach the town square, they hear the popping of guns. Shortly thereafter, they see a dozen dudes with plenty of guns and ammo. From a nearby building, arrows start raining down on the guys, two of them go down, and then fucking chaos breaks out. The Nazis start shooting, fairies are falling out of the windows, fairies are shooting, and Nazis are getting filled with arrows, and then somebody spots a cable car and a machine gun opens up on them. Two of the fairies in the car go down pretty much instantly, and Christopher has to duck and pray they don't get shot before they make it into position. Then he gives a signal for the fairies to start shooting. They fire off a couple rounds before another one is taken out, leaving only three archers. They get into the midst of the battle before a hand grenade flies against the car, ripping open a giant hole in front of the tank. Another fairy drops, and Christopher yells at them to keep shooting, grabbing one of the fallen fairies' bows himself in desperation. One of the Nazis climbs up into the car and Christopher stabs him with a spear. He hears Keith shout, fire in the hole. Another grenade goes off and suddenly he is standing in his backyard with his dad who is complaining about beetles eating one of their trees. Christopher screams with rage and his dad shakes his head and says, since when do you care about the yard? This is what we were talking about, about the pacing being weird. Yeah. Like this thing like amps up in a hurry. And it just feels like we're covering so much ground mm -hmm. so fast. Yep. I mean, I get what you're saying, but like the beetles are genuinely a big problem. And like it was a large <laughs> effort on the city of Chicago to eliminate those beetles from the trees. I can't tell if this is actual fact and I should ignore it in the Cassandra fashion. It is, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing that was really really happening emerald ash borers are a problem as well mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about yep they were the newer problem after the beetles you know what's the problem after the beetles <laughs> the rolling stones <laughs> yoko ono was a better damn it that's the one i should have gone with you can god damn it. it it was right oh, there no. <laughs> it was right there <laughs> oh, i'm so disappointed in myself And of course, there's Alex to just kick me <laughs> while I'm down. Be like, yep. you'll never be the goof master. Yep, she's doing a dance to mock you right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm glad, Casey, you're here to describe my dance, my victory <laughs> dance over Tim. <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. You were right. You were right. <laughs> or however the fuck that goes. Yes. Oh my God. I'm gonna Tim, you gotta good omens it now. Yeah. I know. I, I haven't watched the second season yet. You gotta. I need to. Oh. I'm so behind on everything. You know Which what I haven't insane, watched yet? Considering how much like media you consume. I know. I know it's not normal. Uh I haven't watched Andor yet. That show came out like what feels like six and a half years ago. It wasn't really that long. But like uh it yeah, I'm like I am that's how far behind I am on TV. Yeah. I, months, months and months. 
No, you're lifetimes behind on TV. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen Batman. You did not know who the painter for Murphy Brown was. I didn't. Not like not like you didn't know his name. Like you didn't know what a Murphy Brown was. I asked so many people what it was, and no one would answer me. <laughs> <laughs> they just laughed. They laughed, Casey. And then I kept asking, who is Murphy Brown painter? <laughs> and no one would answer. I just know, it just now occurred to me that you were saying that as a name. Like as though this person's full name was Murphy Brown Painter. Because that's all I knew about them. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely knew their occupation, didn't know their name. I knew the TV shows, so that's all I had to go on. And then I found out that there was like a female news anchor was like the main protagonist. And that threw me for a loop because like, what does that got yeah, the, to do with anything? The Murphy Brown Okay. Was a female news anchor. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Like everybody. Everybody knew. <laughs> except for you, Alex, well, that didn't. Murphy Brown was. <laughs> then how come nobody would answer me about the painter? Um, well, I know why Jenna didn't, because it was already a running goof for us. Uh, because it, uh, there's a challenge where we uh, attack each other for the level of nerd. And I made a reference about Eldon, who is the painter that lived at Murphy Brown's house. And I guess that was the new, like, I raised the bar on nerd deep cuts. So that was why when it came up in conversation again, completely organically, uh, I had to include Jenna in that. And that's why she laughed as opposed to telling you the answer. So I, so basically I'm just here because I would lose so hard at all of these and you just really wanted to bring me in as your sacrificial lamb yes yeah yeah i think that's it cool i can't wait everything i do is in service of another goof i mean i i dig it i dig it yeah i just don't understand how i came to run in these circles play D D do podcasts on media and be so hard out of all nerddoms that I don't know shit about anything. <laughs> like what, what happened? I think it's wild that we're declaring that there's a Murphy Brown nerddom. I think it's true. Uh, apparently, apparently I think we might've just welded into existence, but what do you guys uh, call yourselves? The Murphy Brown painters. The, we're the brownies. Oh, oh, brownies is good. I mean, that's already a thing. Oh, but it's, it is. It's it is little girls that sell cookies. I was in brownies when I was younger. Thank you very much. But I, I do Why? appreciate it. Why do they sell cookies and not brownies? That's. I've always wondered that. I've always wondered that. Oh. I also don't know. Um, this was. Wait, a, do brownies sell cookies? Are brownies Girl Scouts? Okay, like so here's the thing. Sub Girl Scouts. They're Sub Girl Scouts <laughs> because. Also, I'm going to start saying the Canadian terms because those are the ones I know, and apparently they're different in the U.S., but we have the Sparks, the Brownies, and then the Girl Guides, and the Girl Guides is like, that's like the top tier. What? What is the... Sparks and Brownies and Girl Guides have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, like, what's they're, the branding not... on this? So PTA it should be moms. Pokemon Evolution 
Right? Yeah, it like should be one like one should build on the other. The caterpillar, the cocoon, the, the butterfly, or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the Gurgos is the middle of because it's girl guides, girl goes, girls. Just yeah, G-R-R-S. that's exactly how it should go. <laughs> yes, that's how it should go. That's yeah. how it should go. Mm-hmm. And each outfit should make sense into growing into right. the other one instead of like pink jumpsuit, weird brown skirt thing with stripy shirt, if I remember correctly, and a sash, and then blue. Wait, you had a pink jumpsuit at that one was, point? That was Sparks is the pink jumpsuits. Like you just had like jogging pants and like a t-shirt and they were pink. That's my favorite okay. band, pink jumpsuit apparatus. <laughs> Yeah, Sparks to Brownies does not. It's I believe it's different in the U.S., but I don't know enough to know. So you go from like a, an electric type, yeah, to, to a, a cocoa type. I'd say plant. <laughs> a cocoa type. Plant, plant. Okay, plant. Mm-hmm. Plant is fair. To it's a human, I guess. I don't know. Well, I feel like a guide is kind of more like maybe like a sort of like mystic, psychic kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, instead of horse girls, it should have been horse girl guides? I feel like horse girl guides are what we can do when we create, like, a, I don't know. Like, like you and Jenna are my horse girl guides? <laughs> I guess. Should we have been giving you patches for your sash this whole time, every time you complete a horse mission? <laughs> For fuck's sake, absolutely. Like, why is that not a thing that we've been doing? I just feel like it hasn't come up before. <laughs> All right, well, we're starting a sash now. Okay, I, I'm going to start looking for patches. Okay. Sash, sash. <laughs> That's what we should call the podcast planning meeting. Sash, 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 sash. I couldn't even say it right once. I have yet to get that, those words out correctly. Oh, assassin. Oh. No, that sounds like assassin, but like Sean Connery. <laughs> no, it sounds like fucking Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn's spy novel. Oh, I thought you were going to say love child. Sashin. 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 Where it's the assassin. Assassin's apprentice, apprentice, fuck. Assassination. Assassination. <laughs> Your mother, Trebek. <laughs> As you walk down the dreary hallway, with the water dripping, the lights buzzing above you, suddenly they begin to flash, and you hear echoing from behind you. Andre. <laughs> what happened to is- Andre? <laughs> Then you stumble upon his body. You know what happened to Andre. It was a fashion crime. This is a fan fiction. I was about to say, I got so... I think I had an Alex moment. When I'm like, what is happening right now? Have you ever seen Project Runway? I have never seen Project Runway. You you gotta listen. Get on this nerd dumb with this. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've watched any TV, <laughs> but I will try to see Project Runway. If you use those specific pronunciations, you're going to have troubles finding it. <laughs> oh, my God. 
You know what I don't have a badge in? Building a tank. Yet. But I do in podcast segues, getting us back on track. With you that the, one. You've just earned the Paul Blart badge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh. All right. Well, Christopher is back in the real world, and all he can think of is, oh shit, am I dead? He's like, sorry, dad, I gotta go do teenage boy things, and runs away. He drives around town, hitting up all his friends' houses and workplaces, and he can't find anyone. Then he remembers that April is at her rent performance, so he takes off towards school. He parks his car on the street and sees three black guys in hip-hop regalia. He thinks they might steal his car, and then chides himself for thinking like Keith. Running into the school, he asks a theater girl where April is by joking that April was carrying their love child. He finds her backstage, and she is dressed like Mimi from Rent, and he gets a dumb teenage boy boner about it. He's like, hey, April, you're really hot. Also, I think I might be dead. Priorities. So that was the moment, by the way, when when Christopher, because, you know, like like we've had this conversation, the, the first thing that you think in a situation is what you've been trained to think. And the second thing is sort of like a, a real reflection on your character. He's like, uh, this is probably going to happen. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to think like that. And it's like, ah, breakthrough. I was like, so proud. Yeah. <laughs> like actual progress has been made with Christopher. <sighs> yep. Would you say it took him 525,600 minutes to find April. <laughs> Is that how long it felt while I was going on about Christopher for you to get that joke? I had to, in? okay, I had to Google it to remember the minutes. That's the only reason I wasn't fast enough to beat you to make that joke. <laughs> oh. oh my God. But Christopher thinks he's dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> I did too. Quite honestly. I did too. Yeah. Like, I did. I was like, oh, well, that answers that question. I guess Christopher's out of the game now. Right. And he's just back in the real world. That's that's yeah. just what I thought. I thought he was going to, like, be the play. yeah, like, spend his time, you know, yeah, helping. trying to help. Yeah. 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 From afar. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they were going to do initially. I don't know. I mean, it could be. And they're like, well, let's drop that in. But then we got to, like, send him back because we have all these other plot beats yeah. to hit that we were going to do. Yeah. I don't know. That's just speculate. Dude, I do. I, I feel like that was like the, the Christopher possibly dying thing was supposed to be a bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just supposed to be a bigger chunk of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they had have ended the book, like had him do the rest of this book like that. And then the next book he gets like pulled back into Everworld. That would have been like. Can you imagine sitting on that for a month when you're reading that in real time? That like, oh God, Christopher mm-hmm. died. Now he has to help. And then like, it's like, oh, just kidding. We've got him back. Jesse's back. Back, back again. again. <laughs> Anyways, I was so I was so happy to see Christopher's growth and to see that. Yeah. See him correct himself. Yeah, I legit like. I feel like I wailed on him a lot in the last part, and I wail on him a little bit in this one, but like. This was the most I've ever liked Christopher in this book. I'm like, yeah. finally, you're a normal fucking person. You right. join the rest of humanity. Like, dear God. Just 
like aware of his flaws and then trying to correct them as opposed to just being aware and happy with them. Yeah. Like, uh, it just made me happy. And I, I liked, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but I liked later on when the other characters asked him to use his flaws to like further their mission. He was uncomfortable with like reverting back to the state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I dig it. I dig it a lot. I, I started to really like, I was really happy for Christopher in this part. I really Mm -hmm. liked the strides that he took and the improvements that he was making. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked that he was being pushed a lot more because like since the beginning of this book, he keeps getting pushed into the hero role and he's like, this isn't me. This isn't me. Mm -hmm. But I like that he keeps getting pushed to it. Just the most tolerable he's ever been. <laughs> Honestly, the in this most book, tolerable. Tolerable in this book is an accomplishment for yeah. any character. Yeah. I need more recap because I need to talk more about the Christopher possibly death situation. Okay, dokie. Okay, so yeah, Christopher might be dead in Everworld, and April is like, well, we were kind of wondering about that. When he's not staring at April's boobs, Christopher has a crisis about knowing he might be dead and waiting for something to happen to him in the real world because of the time delay that was previously established. April is like, well, at least you're free now. He tells April that he feels terrible, that he's safe while the others are getting shot at, and he's also worried he'll never see Etain again. And then he collapses on the ground in the fetal position, completely paralyzed, and he can see April's bones through her legs. He's vaguely aware of far-off voices yelling, his body being hauled up, and everything starts getting super trippy. Everybody's like a cartoon character. There's two Aprils, there's a doctor, and he's flickering between a hospital in the real world and somewhere in Everworld. He sees two figures made of light, Etain and her mother. He finally crosses all the way into Everworld, and he's like, Hey, I'm not dead. I was almost dead. And April says, yeah, you got really badly hurt and you were unconscious for the most part, but then your breathing got weird and you started shaking. Etain says that her mother's powers and April's medical knowledge saved his life. Christopher apologizes for messing up April's show, and he's vaguely aware that Everworld has very beautiful nurses. He wakes up in the real world where the nurses are not as beautiful. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong with him, apart from the fact that he almost died. Yeah, so this answers the question. Right, you die in one, you die in both. Because he died in Everworld and then was pulled back by magic, which revived him in the real world. Yeah. And I don't feel like, for that being a question over 11 books, I don't feel like it got the the time that it deserved. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the way that it happened, though, because it's like, just like you said, because of the time delays, but then the moment it happened in Everworld and caught up in the real world, it just ended, you know? Uh, And then, like I said, he was pulled back from it. Yeah. Yeah, very, it was a cool feature. It was, it was really, it was well done. And it... It was the coolest way that you could have answered the question. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like it would have been like it would have made for neat story if Christopher had lived on in the real world. But I think it would have also like tremendously lowered the stakes of what was happening over there. Oh, so, you know, what would have been fucked. What? 
Is if so they talk about like not being fully aware when they cross over into Everworld when they're in the real mm-hmm. world. What if like you died in Everworld and then you were just like permanently like checked out? Yeah. Like yeah. and like you just weren't aware of anything and and like you you had like moments where you were aware that you weren't aware or something like that would suck. Mhm. That would suck. That would suck <sighs> royally. Yeah, this absolutely should have been the end of the book should have been him running around trying to sort things out in the real world and then having this collapse at the very end mm-hmm. of the book and yeah. getting sucked back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been so cool. Could you imagine waiting a month? I can. I can imagine it. <laughs> to know if Christopher survived or not. Yeah, I can I can imagine it. I can imagine waiting that month being like Christopher's dead. He's for sure dead. He's definitely dead. Because that's how my mind would work. I'd be like, absolutely, this motherfucker is gone. Well, we had him pegged as the one from early in the series that was I still think it. it's gonna happen. I still I thought this is it, and now we're gonna drop out of Christopher's perspective into another character's perspective. I thought for sure this was it. I don't see, based on where we leave book 11, I don't see how it happens, though. I don't know. I think they're going to die. I really think someone, I think Christopher's going to die still. Someone's for sure going to die. Well, there's the possibility that one of them has to remain in Everworld because of the doorway situation. Yeah. Like maybe one of them takes over. Well, uh, I'm, I'm spoiling recap now. I mean, we can go back to talking about the Beatles if you want. <laughs> Fuck Yoko. God damn it. So mad at myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I thought you were. It's like the grass thing again. The foliage. I, yeah, I thought that's foliage. exactly where you were going. <laughs> oh my God. I thought we were going to do it at the same time and it was going to be a thing. Oh, no. <laughs> Fucking foliage. <laughs> Comedy's hard because, like, if you fuck up, you don't get a second chance. You know, like, you I, can't okay. just rough draft it. Counter offer. No, I think that's Austin's brand of comedy. <laughs> Is to fuck it up and take a second run at it, and it's all the funnier for having a second run. Austin has, uh, yeah, a very specific kind of magic than that way. I don't know. Comedy is what you make of it, I guess. <laughs> Comedy is the foliage of the laugh tree. <laughs> laugh tree is my favorite Catherine Apple. I knew it. I knew, it. I knew that <laughs> one was coming. Did you, Tim? I did. I did. <laughs> all right i'm recapping uh christopher's real world body is fine his everworld body is fucked up april has basically become the head doctor of everworld's makeshift hospital doing her best to maintain some form of sanitation and she's healing people by day and then catching a few hours sleep to go look up more medical information in the real world 
Etain is the head nurse, and her mother and the druids are using their powers to help heal people. Christopher feels better after about a week, but everything is overall going very shittily. Senna's army, the Senites, have control of the town and are landing a bunch of people in the hospital and forcing the rest of the townspeople into slavery. Senna is replacing the soldiers she loses with new people from the real world. They keep trying to scale the wall, but are repelled by Davis archers and Jaleel's acid bath. That's right, they're pouring acid on the Nazis. Um, and the, overall, they're just basically in a siege. David comes in to tell Christopher that one of the townspeople overheard the next plan. Senna's going to try and get some heavier artillery, and Keith and this other guy want to be the ones to retrieve it so that they will move up in the ranks. Jaleel says that Mr. Trent's name was brought up, and they figure he's the guy with the mortars, and Keith is connected to him. So they come up with this cockamamie scheme that Christopher is going to shoot Jaleel in front of Mr. Trent, who will then basically own Christopher's soul. April will provide the fake blood sacks because she's a theater kid. Jaleel is adding, yeah, but you're going to take out the slugs and shoot me with blanks. I repeat, you're going to take out the slugs. Did you hear me say take out the slugs? Because you have to fucking take out the slugs. Take out the fucking slugs, Christopher. Christopher is like, this plan is insane. Real world me will never agree to this. David's like, hey, guess what? He already has. We had to get you on board because April needs to give you the blood and we can't find you in the real world. They give Christopher a potion that makes him go right to sleep. His last words being, so you want real bullets, right, Jaleel? Extra big slugs? And Jaleel is like, fuck you, man. Which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I did too. I did too. This was, for me, the most anxiety-producing chapter because in my mind, there was no world in which he didn't forget that there was a real bullet in the chamber even though he had done the slugs thing. Oh my god. Was, I was like, okay, he's gonna shoot you. Like, I fully, 110%, like, if you had come up to me and said, how much money are you willing to bet that he's going to real shoot Jaleel because he forgot about the round in the chamber, I would have said $5,000. Damn. I, this was an anxiety-inducing chapter for me because there was no way that this plan was going to be successful. Mm-mm. Like, yeah. if they ran this plan in front, like, it's such a batshit terrible plan. Uh, if they ran this plan in front of Zach Morris, he'd be like, whoa, guys, I think this is a little crazy. We need to dial this back a little bit. Like, it, there was no way it was working out. And it was just, it's the same thing as, like, this is, this problem that we're dealing with deserves a couple of books to resolve. Well, we don't have a couple of books, so let's hurry up and do this thing. And I'm like, like, the plan was probably the same or was similar to what it was going to be, but it just, it was hurried. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, this is, there's no way that, the, like this plan is stupid. Like I'm listening to this plan. This plan is stupid. Like, why wouldn't you just shoot Mr. Trent, Victor Trent? Cause they weren't real shooting. Yeah. But what you have a real gun. He's a real Nazi with real big guns and he's about to do terrible things and hurt a ton of people. I think because Christopher can't, as we find, again, spoilers for the recap that's coming right up, Christopher can't kill people. Then, I don't know, like, like you have tools, like, it's fine, like, I get it, you can't shoot him, like, this is the real world, this isn't ever world, like, I get it, but to, to come up with the plan that they did is just, oh, this is so bad. 
not this a such great a bad plan. plan. They should have gone yeah. with the the plan. They should have gone with the the plan that it ended up being. Like when they fucked up what it ended up being. <laughs> yeah. Not to like yes. again. I'm ruining the recap, Casey. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, that, but you're 100 percent right. Like that result should have been the original plan. That was the result that you, they. And wanted. I guess that's what I mean. Like you have a gun. Like, you can sort of create that same situation, I guess, without shooting him, but maybe you're endangering yourself. Maybe it's not because, feasible, whatever. Yeah. Right. I feel like they are endangering. The The reason the gun needed to be there was to level the playing field. Yes. They should have brought an acid bath back, waited in a yeah. high spot for him to walk by. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dumped acid. Yep. Where are you kids going? We're going to go drop acid. Or if there, there's four of you. Just take the guy and tie him up and throw him in the van. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, and then alert the police. Right, like, yeah. Christopher could have been like, hey, police, this guy's a Nazi. Like, here's a flyer from when I worked there. Jugendfach. Jugendfach. What does that mean? That was like the, it's young folk, but that was like the Nazi youth yeah. sort of organization thing so that's like what they that was the boy scouts of the nazis i just feel like the problem with like just reporting him as a nazi to the police is that that doesn't do anything that would make them take him away in a time where he couldn't get the van to a place where it could be true i feel like we should just recap this next chapter so we can like get into this (laughs) yeah because they could have just searched the the van before it even went. To- anyway, especially, that's yeah. Well, yes. Especially like you got to remember, this is also like the year two thousand. Like, and I don't think oh, if you just yeah. said, "Hey, this person is a Nazi," the police would have been like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah." And I guess even like, "Hey, this like, guy has a van full of mortars." They're kind of like, "Okay, this is America." Uh, yeah, well, I don't. I feel like that would have at least. Like, you get to the right department or the right guy, that, that would at least get you looked at. Yeah, if you get to the right guy, but, like, more likely yeah. than not, it's going to be, like, some fucking teens called, said this guy's a van full of mortars, it's probably, like, a 4th of July special, no one gives a fuck. Right, right, right. <sighs> like, you realize, like, around this area, they'll be, like, the guy's a van full of mortars, they'll be, like, that's good old crazy Kaplan going back to restock <laughs> his fireworks store on the highway, guys. Like, that's the name drop of a fucking fireworks storeman that's around this area. Say, storeman. <laughs> storeman. What do you do for a living? I'm a storeman. <laughs> Just, we, had this, we had this whole episode going where we were pretty sure you could pass as a human. And then you had to call somebody a storeman. <laughs> What do you call them? <laughs> Fireworks grocers? <laughs> I do that from now on. You must ruin the symmetry of the fireworks show. Undoing hours of underpaid labor by teens. <laughs> oh my god. My grades are poor and I will probably not pass to a higher institution. <laughs> Damn it, I want to read that book now. Sad dog boy, Tobias. Oh, this little race car bed. With his mom. Oh, she, she rubbed And that was the grandma helicopter lady, too. That was! I loved her. 
So good. Oh my god. Okay. Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes uh, it happens. Sometimes things happen. Um, Christopher wakes up in the real world and April is calling him like, Hey, I'm outside your house. Where the fuck are you? Did you bring the gun? Christopher pulls a gun out of his pocket. He's already replaced the slugs with wadded up pieces of cardboard. Allegedly, he checked six times, but you know. Uh, they start walking to the rendezvous point, and he's like, this is going to go horribly wrong. This is a shitty plan. And April tells him how to use the blood packs, and then she's like, I can't believe Attain likes you. I don't see it. Christopher is obviously very happy about this, but he's also very, very nervous about what lies ahead. They walk downtown together until April has to peel off. She makes a comment about how she doesn't feel good about this. This kind of crap shouldn't be in her world. It should stay in Everworld. So the plan is... David's going to wait for Victor Trent to get to his car. Then he's going to call Christopher to give the signal. Christopher and Jaleel will start doing their little screaming, shouting act. Christopher will shoot Jaleel in front of Trent, and April will be a screaming witness. Then Christopher begs Trent to help him, and Trent would own him. That's the plan. So they wait for two hours in the cold before they get the call. Christopher and Jaleel start their screaming match. Christopher pulls out the gun. Then he hears a scream of somebody who is not April, just a random fucking woman passing by. Uh, Trent shows up behind her and Christopher fires. Jaleel falls. April screams. He forgets about the blood packet because everything is too chaotic. It's a goddamn fucking nightmare. Um, he tries to leave, but Victor Trent grabs him and says, no, kill the woman too. You can't leave a witness. She'll identify me and I'll have to testify against you. Christopher is dazed and Trent says, I'll do it and pulls out his own gun. Christopher is just so fucking like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And he's just like, okay. And then he's like, wait, why did I just say that? On pure dumb instinct, he swings his gun into Trent's jaw. Trent staggers. Jaleel jumps up, tackles him. April and David come running up. And the woman just fucks off screaming for the cops, I guess. I don't know. Um, they steal Trent's gun and his car keys. They throw him into his own van. And they drive off as the sound of sirens blaze behind them. They drive around chaotically for about 10 minutes before Jaleel realizes they're sitting on crates. Um, they pull into a 24-hour grocery store. April goes in to buy flashlights because there's no light in the back of the van. Uh, Trent is a Nazi piece of shit, and David's like, you're an idiot. April comes back with a flashlight, and they realize they found the heavy artillery that they were looking for. David and Jaleel are very smug about this, and Christopher is like, no, no, shut the fuck up. This was still a dumb plan, even if it accidentally worked out. Later that night, the FBI gets an anonymous phone call. There's a van parked in their parking lot with a hogtied Nazi and a cache of illegal weapons. It's a stupid fucking plan. It, it, yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Like, it had the best possible result. But it was just awful from, from, from the get-go. I just can't believe that guy, like, his first instinct was, like, pull a gun and shoot the witness. Like, fucking hell, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. And, like, what did they think they were going to was going to be the result. Like he was going to be like, Hey, you Christopher, you work for me now. Like, I don't like, you just had an argument with this kid. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I just don't think he would have bought what they were trying to do. And I don't think it would have been a good situation at all. Yeah. And even if he had, and he was like, okay, like I'm a Nazi piece of shit. You just shot a black guy. You're one of us. Like, let's go right away to the secret Nazi lair and I'll, yeah. I'll give you the whole fucking lowdown. Like, no. I don't think that would have happened. Know, you know the random lady that was screaming? Yeah. Do you know what her job was? What? She was actually a storeman. Not a fireworks grocer? 
Not a fireworks grocer. She was a storeman. Baby, you're a fireworks grocer. <laughs> My favorite grocery Perry song. <laughs> that's where they got the. Uh, that's where they got the flashlight. Was at the the fireworks grocer. <laughs> surprise! The flashlight was a firework. That's a terrible surprise. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's like, like the terrible plan, terribly enacted, really cool ending. Took a few pages and really should have been like a lot longer. Yeah, it should have been like half. It should have been yeah, or more. Like this whole like them getting the illegal weapons in, the mystery of figuring out where the illegal weapons were going to come from, them having it like loom over them and having to like try and figure out where to stop it and everything like it, it just should have gotten a lot more time see, Casey go also like presumably Victor Trent was like at the copy shop just like doing his thing why would he did he like pick up the artillery and then just go to work and just have it in his car like like I just swung by the fireworks grocer on my way to work and I'm just gonna what yeah he was sitting there making some copies he's like he talked to the other storeman and he was like hey I'm going to go take my lunch. I've got to go pick up a whole bunch of mortars and, and, and like assault rifles and stuff. I'll be back. You know, it's I Craigslist, you know, you got to go. Craigslist, where all good mortars come from. That's what I'm saying. I'm mortified. Victor Trent has a name tag that says Stormin on it. <laughs> Stormman. Vic- no, he's a copyman. He's a copyman? Copyman. <laughs> if Michael Grant ever listened to this, be, his name's not Victor. Well, I think we all know it's Victor Trent, and we've all bought into it, okay? I didn't even, like, I didn't even realize when I was typing up my notes that I had said Victor Trent until I was like, like, editing them later and i was like oh oops <laughs> gets in your brain yep what to e what to e what to e man <laughs> yeah so this this is my pitch for this book now are you ready yeah i would have liked to have seen the christopher dying happen at the beginning of the book he gets sucked into that world. It is everybody in Everworld running around trying to figure out what's going on with the mortars and how they're getting the weaponry there. And Christopher is only getting these like little piecemeal updates that he is trying to like desperately fit together while he rushes around the real world, not able to get back to his body. They don't know where his body is. So that's like another thing that's looming over him because they can't like find him all that jazz. It gets to the end. They come in. They do this whole like plan of getting him, tying him up in the van. It becomes a huge heist deal. They get him back in there, and then that's when, like, all of a sudden he sees through space and time and goes back to his body at the very end of it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what you're, what you're proposing is that Christopher dies in Everworld. Body unrecovered, dead for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Time catches up. And then it's that moment he dies in the real world and then through some gross necromancy. I feel like 
it was necromancy the reason that he came back well, well, I suppose, magic I suppose and you're right chanting. so <laughs> i'm just Merlin kind of him back. moving stuff around Ooh. Hmm. i'm surprised you were okay with necromancy and didn't use thaumaturgy thermaturgy because thermaturgy is yeah. different yeah <laughs> i know i just Fuck you seem you. to like to say the word. <laughs> I love saying thermaturgy. <laughs> Fuck you. I love thermaturgy so much. Everybody uses it to make other people poop their pants, but that's not what I use it for. No, you used it to swear at people. I used it to communicate with the humans. I didn't speak their language, and I needed to talk to them. Everybody go listen to Dragon Knight Adventures. It's amazing. Thermaturgy. Dragon Knight Adventure Friends. Night, N I G H T. Yeah, like the dark, like the opposite of the day. It's like the time you'd watch fireworks if you were to buy them from a storeman. Yeah. <laughs> While listening to Grocery Perry, is that what? <laughs> yeah, Grocery <laughs> Perry. The the grocery store covers of Katy Perry, obviously. <laughs> it's like Kids Bop, but grocery oh, stores. Doopy doopy doop. Oh my god, okay. I I feel like this was the end of one book and the start of another, right? Yeah. At this point. Okay, so back in Everworld, Christopher's doing better. He passes his recovery time trying to explain real-world concepts to Etain, which is kind of funny because he's not really the best at explaining that kind of thing, but he's just happy that this beautiful girl is being nice to him in this crazy, terrible world. He still hasn't gotten up the nerve to make a move on her. On his last night in the hospital, Etain says she will come by after supper. Then she shows up two hours early, which Christopher thinks is a good sign. He asks her if she has a boyfriend, and she's like, what's that? Is that like a betrothed? He's like, sure. She says she was betrothed to a prince once who died, though he might have been saved by April's mold. April's mold was a crude form of penicillin. Between that and hand washing, April moved medical science forward in Everworld. Anyway, Christopher asks if they could maybe date and explains what a date is. She's like, do you kiss on these dates? And she leans forward and kisses him. Christopher should be psyched about this, but he realizes immediately that something is wrong. He starts to feel sick, and when he opens his eyes, it's Senna staring back at him, and he knows immediately that he's fucked. I... Fell for this bit just as hard same, as Christopher did. Same, bro, same. I never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Never saw it coming. Why did they sell me a story about true love and then do this? Yeah, Michael Grant. Yeah, Michael Grant's the answer to that question, but I'm not happy about yeah. it. Well, and it like it's kind of implied that Senna had, like... How did Senna know about the penicillin? Like... Was she in the castle this whole time, like, disguised? Was she spying? Like, did she have somebody? Like, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. She's, like, it, it getting more and more powerful and able to do more and more stuff. I'm sure she was. It just, it also begs the question, everybody knew that Senna could shapeshift Everyone in the castle knew that. Why didn't they take any sort of fucking precautions about this? Because we so, already know Michael Grant's feelings on code words because of the whole ketchup mustard conversation. <laughs> code words. He hates codes word code words. So my 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 thought would be was like, well, 
Jeez, Casey, how would you stop a shapeshifter? There's no way to stop a shapeshifter. There's no plan that anybody could come up with to stop a shapeshifter. And before I could even say any of that, Alex is like code words, and I'm like, oh, that should have been obvious. Code words. Yeah, code words is is the way to prevent shapeshifters. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Only you can prevent shapeshifting. <laughs> Only you can prevent shapeshifting. So, okay, between the three of us, how many code words have we established to prevent shapeshifters? Tim, we can't even get a coherent podcast out without <laughs> referencing back to shit only we know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've ruined everything. Land clam would have been a great Land oh, yeah. code a word. Great one. Yeah. And now we've just shared it with the world. Well, we've mm-hmm. only shared it with people that pay us, and would shapeshifters pay us? I I honestly don't have a quite answer to that question. Me either. I don't know. Every one of our patrons could be a shapeshifter. I'd never know. It's true because we've never seen them anyway. So they could be <laughs> a shapeshifter and it doesn't matter. <laughs> also, look at us all fucking high and mighty coming down on shapeshifting when we started all of our podcasting careers basically through Animorphs. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> Who are we? I'm the pot, you're the kettle. <laughs> okay. So it's Senna. She's fucking here. Oh my god. Uh, Senna explains to Christopher everything she's doing is good and it's for the best. And David is getting people killed because he wants to play the hero. And Everworld's a mess and only she can organize it. He nods along, knowing th- knowing in somewhere in his mind that she's working him, but also she's hot and amazing and correct about everything. And then she starts saying things like, Jaleel thinks he's better than you, and David stole me from you, and April just teases you, but she really likes Jaleel. And he's like, well, some of this isn't actually adding up anymore, but she's kind of right about some things, and she's hot. Then she says that Etain is like April, playing with Christopher. But she really wants David, and she wants to be taken, and David will do it. And Christopher thinks, no, that's entirely wrong. Senna looks into his eyes and knows that she fucked up. So she changes tactics and says that she'll give Christopher Etain if they help get rid of David and Jaleel. She turns into Etain and kisses him and tells him to go lift up the crossbar on the gate and cut the drawbridge rope. Part of Christopher knows he's being used, but he can't get a hold of himself. And when she says go, he goes. Have y'all ever read a book series that sort of touched on topics? Like, it's it seems like the ultimate sort of, like, fear. This idea of your brain wanting to do certain things and your body... Like, almost as if something else is in control of your body. I don't know if you've all have ever read no. any any book series That's that had sort of similar themes. I haven't. That's a really themes. interesting concept. Yeah. But it does seem to come up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I've never read it before. Yeah. Certain book series that I've read. Oh? Yeah. Yeah? Like... I ran this bit ran out of steam. Um, <laughs> it does seem like that's sort of like Michael Grant's, Just like, like the Orient Express. <laughs> this is the, this is the, this is the the worst horror of them all. You know, I mean, knowing one thing and 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 being compelled to do another. I hate it. Yeah, it's not great. I wouldn't be a fan of it. No, 
even if I really, really liked my yerk and wanted to hang out with it separately, not in my Yeah, family. yeah. Yeah, well, but just a little yerk robot suit. Yeah, like a little Aww. brain suit. Yeah, Cute. like Krang had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we could do something. They, they're, they're doing crazy stuff with technology we these have days. have RC I'm cars. Sure. <gasps> That's a weird leap, but... <laughs> just drive it around his little RC car like a little Barbie Corvette that's yeah. cute <laughs> he could have a really tall flag so that people could see him in the grocery they're doing, store oh. <laughs> they're doing amazing things with technology yeah they have RC cars <laughs> this is what very... would you call the pinnacle of technology Tim if not the RC car <laughs> like, this is very the DVDs are the height of technology <laughs> Which is a very, very, very long, like, long ago joke. That's like episode three. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <gasps> oh boy! Oh boy! So, like the the irony of this, right? Is that you're proposing that the Yerk sits on top of the RC car and I guess holds the little controller in his little Yerk hands. Okay, well. And then RC controls the car. Yeah. (laughs) From the car. In my imagination, there was a hook into the brain where the Yerk could just drive the car with its thoughts and also see on a TV screen. Also, it was in a tiny fishbowl on top. I don't know why. (laughs) I was going to say that that you, the host could give permission to the Yerk to only access the controls to the RC car, but then I was like, wait, but then the Yerk's in the head and not in the car. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You also, that is all the terminology that we use in Zoom meetings to hand over control of the meeting, and now I'm extremely uncomfortable. Oh no. Oh no. Oh my god. You talk about the Yerk being in the head and not in the car on your Zoom meetings. I'm currently, yeah. <laughs> A Yerk in the head is worth two in the car. <laughs> that old Yerk saying. <laughs> oh, That's what we need. We need to just come up with Yerkisms every <laughs> Candrona a day keeps the council away. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, I have so much more recap to do. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just scared. There's so much in this fucking book. Let's do it. Okay. Christopher makes his way to the drawbridge. He has a very Smeagol and Gollum inner monologue with himself. He knows that Senna is a monster, but she can't be a monster because she is Etain, and Etain isn't a monster, but Etain is not Etain, etc., etc., etc. It's crazy. Um, he gets to the drawbridge and attacks the guards. He lifts the heavy crossbar of the bridge before one of the guards spots him and calls the alarm. They start throwing spears at him, and he runs full bore at the drawbridge, smashing into it and making it fall. He hears the pop, pop, pop of the guns and sees the fairies start to fall. He gets kicked in the head and wakes up in the shower, and he's like, oh my god, I just fucked us all he gets out of the shower and calls david and he's like senna got to me they're in the castle david's memory catches up and he's like yep i'm down 
And then he gets a call waiting, which turns out to be Jaleel saying he was fading in and out of consciousness. Christopher's like, dude, I'm so sorry. I thought she was Etain. And he's like crying on the phone. And David's like, believe me, dude, I get it. Let's go see Brigitte. And then Christopher wakes up in Neverworld in a world of hurt. Christopher is lying in a pile of dead bodies. The village is on fire and the Nazis are making the captives move more dead people, which they throw on top of Christopher. Um, when the coast is clear, he takes a knife off of a ferry and sneaks across the drawbridge, expecting to be shot at at any moment, but luckily he makes it all the way across scot-free. He feels very bad for being manipulated by Senna when he was always giving David shit about it. He ducks down an alley as a dozen dudes come swaggering up. Though their guns are real, they are not real soldiers, and they don't bother to look around carefully, walking right past Christopher. Christopher realizes that Senna is still bringing people over to the gateway, even though he and his friends have been defeated. He figures it must not be over, that Senna's got bigger fish to fry like Merlin or Loki. They must sense that the gateway keeps opening, but they have no idea what's truly happening. He knows he ha- he knows that she has to be stopped, so he starts making his way to the Druid Stones, knowing that he might just be going because she still has a hook in him. As he gets out to the countryside, he runs into Merlin! Christopher's like, how do I know you're not Senna pretending to be Merlin? And Merlin laughs and says, Ah, you're getting the hang of Everworld now, aren't you? So then Christopher sits down and tells Merlin everything. I'm I'm hung up on trying to come up with Yorkisms and I'm getting nowhere. Oh no. I know. I know this is this has derailed me. Um yeah. I hate it for Christopher cuz Christopher was like he fell for a trap that I clearly would have fallen for too because I fell for it while reading the book. And then caused all these problems, and we were just talking about how he did all these good things to turn the corner and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. But like, there's like everybody's is growing and changing. Like David immediately was like, "Yeah, bro, I get it. Like, I get, yeah. I get how it all happened to you. It sucks. It sucks. But yeah." Yeah, she was popping off. This this fucking scene, this chapter was crazy. And like the fact that they were just like throwing all the dead bodies in like a giant pile, it, like the whole time I was reading that, I was like, God, this is so fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of front linesy. It was so. Yeah. Front- I kept thinking that the whole time I was reading. And in fact, at this point, I'm like, I'm convinced this is all Michael Grant. None yeah. of this is Catherine. Yeah. And like that to me, I'm like, yeah, this is him trying to like, I can see him like starting to like play with those ideas and play Mm -hmm. with the things that he's interested in that he eventually writes about in front lines. Yep. (sighs) Well, and like my notes are very vague. Like I, I was kind of rushing them today because I had some other shit to do, but like there's so much more that like, so much more like details that happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's wild. This book felt like it was forever, forever. And I think ever. it it covered a lot of ground. It did, and it, it wasn't yes. bad necessarily. It's just like no, no. I just feel like I read like fucking four books. It was like the ending of the book where they first brought Keith into the world in Egypt, where it's like, holy shit, this is one chapter? Because I've been talking yeah. about this for an entire fucking page of notes. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hey, have, have they, uh, have, you told us you were going to mention the point where you felt like the book switched over to cram 
instead of mm-hmm. regular writing. Have have we passed that part yet, Alex? Yeah, definitely. It. I think yeah. it started right before the Nazi plan was really like the yeah. shooting Jaleel to get Victor Trent. That I think is where it really like started to be like, oh fuck, we got to finish this now, and maybe even yeah. a little bit before that. But mm-hmm. that's where it really for me, I'm like. Yeah, they're just they're moving through what they've got to move through. Yeah. <sighs> well, Merlin is pouring tea while Christopher spills the tea on the situation. After learning everything, Merlin's like, "Well, that's all bad, and I don't really know how to stop Senna, and her powers might surpass my own at this point." Then he freezes and says he consenses the gateway has been closed. So Senna must have finished getting all of her dudes. He gathers up the tea stuff and tells Christopher he can create an illusion to make the two of them look like soldiers. So Christopher starts describing what they look like and how they dress by drawing pictures in the sand. Merlin conjures the illusion. Christopher makes his suggestion. Merlin implements the changes. As a side note, as an artist, I was personally very triggered by this scene. (laughs) Finally, they get it mostly right, just as 20 dudes come sauntering up the hill singing Dixie like total losers. Senna is leading the troops, and she looks like a Frank Frazetta version of Senna with big muscles and a Valkyrie helmet. She looks at them suspiciously, and Christopher assumes they've been had, but she walks on. Merlin and Christopher join at the end of the column. Merlin hypnotizes one of the Nazis and then slits his throat from behind. They steal his Uzi and his ammo belt and continue marching with the column through the countryside. They go through the town over the bodies and into the castle. They get to the courtyard where 75 heavily armed dudes are cheering. In the center of the courtyard are a dozen people in heavy chains, including David, Jaleel, the king and the queen, Etain, and a bunch of the druids. They look like absolute shit. They got beat up and they're bloody and they have their clothes ripped. The king is suffering from a heavily bleeding gut wound and a blue druid with a big beard and green eyes is trying to help him. April is nowhere to be seen. Christopher is horrified and pissed. Senna realizes that April and Christopher are not there and demands to know what the actual fuck you had one job. One of the guys pipes up that Christopher has been killed and is over in the pile of dead and Senna demands to see it. A bunch of guys run off to fetch it and come back empty handed. She's like, well, that's not great, but I'll let it go. I really only care about April. Where is she? And when nobody responds, she lights half of a man on fire. As one does when one is disappointed. I will now. Uh, you know who that move reminds me of, right? Uh, Harvey Dent. That, damn it, that was better too. Uh, <laughs> Neptune. That was solid Neptune behavior to me. Mm. It was like, I am slightly annoyed you're on fire. <laughs> I'm the birthday boy and I didn't get what I wanted. <laughs> so the other part of this that like really stood out to me of like the sequence of events that just happened was that while Christopher was like when he took the knife and he saw the Nazis marching through the town and everything he kept having this inner monologue about like I have the knife I have the weapon I can't kill Senna I can't kill anyone like I just I don't think that I Christopher have it in me to like you know when somebody's attacking me and I'm in a fight maybe that's one thing but like when I hide in an alleyway, jump out and try to kill somebody. I can't do it. I know I can't do it. And then he like meets up with Merlin and he's on the cusp of this crisis of, I can't do it. I'm not meant for this. I don't, I can't do anything. And Merlin's like, we're doing this shit. And he's like, we, I mean, okay, 
Okay, and then he watches Merlin fucking slit <laughs> yeah. a dude's throat, and he was like, yeah. "I'm not cool with this." <laughs> like, and like that whole arc is just buck wild to me because like never in my wildest dreams did I ever think Christopher would be the one sitting here going like I don't think I could kill a man like Christopher in my mind is like mm. yo I could definitely like if I had to I could kill a guy yeah it's it's super different when it's actually <laughs> mm-hmm. in front of you though like I feel Absolutely. like that's yeah like the 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 most real because a lot of a lot of people like I, I hell, I I do it too. Like yeah, I could do that. That's not a big... like, and I'm I'm well aware of the fact that I'm afraid of everything, but like not killing a man. Like that's not what I'm saying. I could do, but I it's like never you know, commit to something you... I won't do, Tim. <laughs> I know, I know you don't, but like I'll see stuff on TV. Yeah, I could do that, and like you know, the minute that it's in front of me, like jumping over some like pit or something like that, I'd be like, "There's no way in hell I'm doing this." I fucking. It, that's me in those Amish shows where they're like, you have to go, or, or not Amish, the homesteader shows where they're like, you have to go live for a year in the woods and like homestead like the people did back in the day when they were like colonizing America. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck, yes, I'm doing this now. I know how to plant potatoes properly, you idiots, you fucking <laughs> morons. Why is the first thing you did not corral your animals? Like, I'd be, I'd be off. I'd be all over this. I would die. <laughs> they, I, I, I'd be lying there dead in a field, and like all the show producers would be standing around, and be like, "How did this happen?" And they'd be like, "I don't know. We had all these plans in place and all these safeguards in place, and this guy was still stupid enough to manage to die while doing this." It was the killdeer of humanity. This is a real good bird reference, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bailing me out on that one. <laughs> They do terribly in rehabilitation because sometimes, like, if you look at the babies wrong, they just fall over dead because they're just so anxiety-ridden and nervous about being around people. They're like, oh, fucking huge predator, and they just die. I have never related to anything more in my life. Yeah. I told you it was a good bird reference. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, but, so they do the thing where, like, they pretend to be injured, the moms do, yeah. To yeah, keep to the lure babies pa- away from the nest. Okay, so I thought you were going to say that they pretend to be dead, and then the rehabber's like, well, and they throw them in the garbage, and then they... What if Tim got up out of the field as soon as the producers left? Like, got him! <laughs> 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 That's what I thought you were going to Oh, my God. <laughs> Alex waddles over, so can I stop acting like I'm injured to draw them away now? <laughs> Limp over. Come on, let me go. I keep running in circles away from you, but they keep doubling back with me. I'm surprised that I don't have that. Like, that's that's got to be like, if I had one more point in my anxiety stat, I would. I would just fake death in front of people. Yeah, I fall asleep. I mean, you can. You fall asleep in front of people? You have, like, anxiety-triggered... So I went to my partner's funeral on his side of the family. There were like a thousand people in one small house and they all had very different like political views than me. And it was so stressful that I was like, I'm going to bed early. I went downstairs and I slept for like 20 hours straight (laughs) because I was so anxious and like falling asleep in an anxious situation is like how I, that's my play dead. That's amazing. <laughs> also, you just said you went to your partner's funeral. 
Oh, did yeah. I? It, 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 yeah. Listen, I'm having really? a problem talking today. I don't know if you've noticed, but I didn't want to dox my partner and in terms yeah. of like which of his family members had passed away. But yeah. I mean, they're dead. What, what, what does it matter? Don't dox the dead. Is that a Yerkism? That's the name of my horror movie. Oh, no. It's a Yerkism. counts. I was just going to be like an old guy with a lantern in like 1857, like London, like walking down the street being like, don't dox the dead. And everybody's going to be like, the fuck does that mean? Sign of the devil. (laughs) And I'll be there like, oi, they literally publish their names and their birthdays on the fucking tombstones. (laughs) That's what the old guy does. He just goes and kicks over tombstones. Don't dox the dead. And then in the in the return, don't dox the dead too. Because <laughs> obviously this is going to become a series. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, did you just mute? I did. That's when this okay. guy finds out that there's a whole pizza factory called Tombstone, and then he has to fight <laughs> the pizza guy. My finger knew that I should have muted and not let that thought into the world. My finger knew it. What do you want on your tombstone? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. <laughs> Extra cheese. Mm. Man, he just lives in a world where everybody eats mystery frozen pizza. <laughs> I want a tombstone pizza now. Jeez, <laughs> they're not even that good. I just want one. I think the draw is that they're cheap. Yeah, I grew up on tombstone. Man, I want it. Do not tell this guy that he will yeah. be fucking livid. <laughs> It's a guy who writes obituaries who's haunted by this man. That's what it is. He's, it's an obitman. <laughs> it's my favorite gum. <laughs> He's the stoneman at the obituary factory. The obituary factory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were they what? Churn out mass obituaries? Yes. <laughs> That's really honestly how Mad Libs started. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Mad Libs was originally mass obituaries. Yes. Oh my god. How many people do you think are going to start using AI to write obituaries? All of them. Oh, my God. Except for me, because you already know my funeral plans, and you can't AI generate that. Yep. It's just going to be me standing outside with a lantern. Don't dox the dead. <laughs> That's how it kicks off, just like that. And then we all play <laughs> Mad Libs together. <laughs> like... And then I'll blow my nose repeatedly. <laughs> That's how you get their attention, Tim, like a southern <laughs> preacher or something. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Don't talk, idiot. <laughs> Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today 
to celebrate blank. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate <Hey>. noun. <laughs> Can I get a noun? They were adjective. Adjective, anyone? We need two, so don't be shy. Oh my god, this sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) One of my all-time favorite Mad Libs moments that forever, like I genuinely, there's a group of people in my youth that defined my sense of humor and one of them made this joke and it forever is like peak humor to me. We were doing Mad Libs together once and the the thing that it asked for was the name of a plant and he wrote Waukegan Power Plant. And I was like, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, that's so... It's so good, right? That's so fucking good. It's peak... Peak humor. That is peak humor. Oh my god. It's the best thing I've ever read, seen, had done. Like, I laughed harder at that than anything I've ever laughed at in my life. I don't know why we don't casually play Mad Libs in the car anymore. Like, we used to do that. Like, why aren't we doing casual Mad Libs at all times? Zoom. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. We could do it We're never in the car. We're never in the car. We never travel. It's true. No. We are in the car together. Losing it. I I feel like Jackbox replaced Mad Libs because there's a lot of games that have like a fill in the blank. Mm, Yeah. Jackbox killed the Mad Libs star. Yeah. Don't dox it. I heard you on my laptop in 1952. (laughs) (laughs) So many issues with that lyric. Yeah. So many. Factual or just like component wise? We'll go with yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. You ready for fucking chaos? Yes. Okay. The man on fire is not actually on fire. Surprise. It was an illusion, it was merely a display of power for all the toadies. So Sona starts doing her evil dictator monologue, saying David was a fool who was outgeneraled. She commands Jaleel, ever the unbeliever, to kneel and pray before her. He's like, absolutely not. Go fuck yourself. And she says, Jaleel, I think your hands are very, very dirty. And that seems to cast a spell on him because he starts rubbing and scratching at his hands, scratching hard enough that blood starts to flow and he can't stop and he starts crying and she's taunting him and revealing he's got obsessive compulsive disorder. And David tells her to stop and she just laughs in his face. Christopher tells Merlin to do something and Merlin says that he is approaching, though he fails to disclose who he is because he's mysterious or some shit. I don't know. Why didn't you just say it's fine? Um... Senna tells Dalil that his face is dirty, too, and he starts scratching at it as well. And somebody yells, you sick bitch! And Christopher realizes, oops, that was him. Chris, er, what? Senna is like, who said that? And Merlin is like, it's this guy! And he points to the dude next to him. The guy's like, no, 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 it wasn't me! But Senna lights him on fire for real. It's very horrifying, But what's even worse is that the guy's ammo belt starts popping off like popcorn in the heat and bullets start flying everywhere. People start scattering and ducking for cover. 
David uses this moment of distraction to slip out of his chains somehow and stops Jaleel from hurting himself anymore. Senna is enraged and confused and isn't sure what to do with this because it was all her fault. Christopher is like, okay, she's really fucking crazy. She has to die now. He, and he goes to pull, the, hello. He goes to pull the trigger on his Uzi, except it doesn't do anything because the safety is on. And then he realizes he has no idea how to fucking use this thing. So as he's trying to figure out how to gun, the barrel points down to the ground and Senna is there. Who are you? She says and touches his face. And he says, it's me, Christopher. Senna makes her toadies take the burned body away and is like, perfect. We have Christopher. All we need is April and Merlin. Christopher goes to point out Merlin, but he is nowhere to be seen. Senna asks him if he knows where April is and he says no. But at that moment, he remembers the druid with the green eyes and the strange beard. He tries to put it together, but it feels like something is blocking him. Meanwhile, Senna starts yelling to the soldiers to find the unfamiliar one, because it's probably Merlin. After a few moments, Keith is like, It's this guy! I don't recognize him! And the guy's like, No, it's me! John! You guys know me! And the dudes are like, No, we don't! You're not John! So Senna orders him to be dead now. And when they look at his corpse, they realize, oops, it was John all along. I was the turkey all along. Merlin laughs and his disembodied voice is like, gotcha, bitch. Senna looks freaked out. This wasn't in her plan. She just got a fellow soldier shot and it doesn't sit well with her troops. But then someone is like, hey, something's happening in the town. It's a bunch of dudes and a huge wolf. It's Loki. And Jaleel is like, well... You guys are fucked. Loki is a god. Senna's going to get you all killed. And Fenrir's going to eat you. And between him and Merlin, they both just start berating Senna. Um, and she starts to really freak out. And Keith is like, well, what do we do? What's the play? Like, tell us what to do, great one. And then that moment, Christopher realizes that the druid was April all along. And he goes to tell Senna, but she screams for everybody to shut up, bar the castle, and get ready to fight. Um, they also realize at this point that those aren't men coming with the, with the wolf, they're trolls, which Merlin adds are made of living stone. And he and Jaleel start their vicious mockery again. Keith is ready to kill Jaleel, but David slips out of his chains and tackles him. They start to fight on the ground. The castle door starts booming and finally Fenrir breaks through and the trolls stream around his legs and the dudes on the battlement just start shooting Fenrir and shoot him and shoot him until he falls dead. The trolls freak out and start running away. Keith has overpowered David, and the mysterious druid steps forward. Chris Christopher cries, It's April! And Senna turns around to look. Jaleel has wrested from Keith his pocket knife and twists it around and hands it to April. Christopher raises his gun to shoot April, but the unseen force that is Merlin knocks the barrel aside at the last minute. Senna takes her eyes off of April, and April lunges, stabbing the knife into Senna's chest. Senna looks into the eyes of the druid and says, you and then falls backwards christopher knows she's dead because her hold over him vanishes keith lunges for his gun and christopher kicks it away and slams his rifle butt into keith's face april is standing frozen over senna's corpse her sister's blood on her hands merlin appears and is like all right kids time to go so they gather everybody up except for the king who is definitely dead now and they leave out the back tunnel that the castle has april fully dissociates david and julia look like shit and Christopher's wondering how the hell they're going to get home now. And that's the end of this book. So all I can think about when going through this last chapter, I don't want to sound sympathetic to any of the Nazis. So like, before I do any of this, just let's, let's get that clear. Yeah. 
But I did have this idea of this story where there was this kid who was like in New York and he was in the Foot Clan, you know, working for Master Shredder. And he's like, you know, I don't I don't know if this is the way I want to be. And one of his buddies was like, hey, I got this new outfit. I don't really know much about him, but maybe this is more what we're looking for. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll try it. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? We'll go out there for a weekend, see if it works for us. And he goes out there, and the first thing they see is a Nazi flag. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not what I signed up for. But he gets thrown in the van anyway, right? So he's not the worst person in the world. But he's like, man, I don't know. This just... I got to figure out a way to get out of here. And then the next thing he knows, he's in Everworld and witnesses everything that happens in those last few chapters. And he's just like, what the fuck happened? Where did all of this come from? That's the story I had in my head. (laughs) I feel like you sent me this seven minute YouTube video recently. (laughs) I did. I did. It was a a video that was sent to me about how (laughs) Master Shredder was really misunderstood and didn't do anything wrong. It was pretty pretty well done video. Master Shredder apologist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So did you guys catch the the good old Lord of the Rings prophecy in here? Dude, they straight up, I am no man. They did. Yeah. They straight up. I was like, oh, shit. So good. Oh, my God. And, like, how fucked is it that April was the one to be like, this shit shouldn't be in our world. Like, I hate violence. Like, I'm not, you know, like, this is ruining us. And she was the one to kill Senna. Well, to be fair, April's the only one that took the, like, two-week mourning period and watched the videos and said goodbye with her family. So she was ready for Senna to be gone. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't get any of her, you know, druid ninja training montage. And that's, I would have enjoyed that. How did she become that druid? I don't know. I assume she just got a fake beard or something. I I hope it was something way deeper than that. I hope there was like a whole like she went and studied with the trees. Well, they did. It was probably just a fake beard, but she does do that sweet ninja move to like pop in and grab Excalibur and. They did say the druids like worshipped her at that point because of her medical prowess. So it makes sense that the druids would like help her. Change yeah, yeah. Take this beard potion. <laughs> yeah, and like, hey, listen, we can do some necromancy. We can probably like turn your skin blue and like, mm. you know, I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to business. We can endorse you. <laughs> oh my God. I wore that shirt yesterday. It was in the laundry. Today, Scott was doing laundry. He goes, who is a tie-dye shirt? <laughs> Fuck Scott. (laughs) Jeez. But, okay, so, like, really, the end of this book, I'm like, this is a whole lot of book 12 material just happened in book 11. Yeah. So what am I getting in book 12 now? Not a clue. It's gonna be great, though. Yeah. Like. It's the one. Is Connor coming back? It's Connor's coming back. Then they gotta gotta ram the blade ship. Oh, I you're going for a Matrix thing. No. You know what's great? 
You know what's great about the fact that we're about to read book 12? What? You'll be able to add things to that that bit. Like, we'll have something besides ramming the blade ship to add to... We'll have more... Yeah. Final lines. References. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll have something else to add to that when, when going through Gone and Remnants and whatnot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I can't wait for book 12. I'm excited. I'm excited to, like, figure out what the fuck happens at the end of the series. I'm a little nervous. I'm apprehensive. I'm scared. Yep. But I'm excited. Yep. Do you think Senna's really all the way dead? Yeah. 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 You don't think she'll make any appearances or anything in the next one? I feel like it's got to be now we have to deal with the fallout of of destroying the gateway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how's David going to react? Fine. He's on. He's out of her thrall now. He's gonna be okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know because I don't think it was all thrall. All thrall. Yeah. yeah. All y'all thrall. <laughs> y'all saw all thrall. <laughs> uh, I don't think he'll be okay. No. I don't also, you know what? That's another thing. If we're gonna talk about rushed things, like Sinna was always not great, but her heel turned to pure evil. Yeah. It, it was. It did feel a little quick, it, didn't yeah. it? You know what? It would have not to... Listen, I agree with the reading order 1,000%. Book 10 is book 3. Yeah. yeah. But she had moments in book 10 that did start... Like, she started acting like this with the laughter and the nonsense and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if they had have played harder into that, I think it would have been a smoother transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, she... She had the whole thing with her mom, and then she found out like she really wasn't wanted after all, and then she just kind of like snapped. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that being said, this wasn't like her first rodeo transporting Nazis into Everworld, and I feel like that's pretty villainous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. She just finally had like the the firepower to kind of back up her shittiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I think it's implied, but, like, I feel like Jaleel came up with the whole, like, loophole thing of, like, I am no man and been like, hey, April, you got to do the the murder, considering, like, the handoff of the Excalibur and shit. And that, see, this is another thing. This should have been another book because that handoff should have happened to April in April's book, and we should have gotten her yeah. inner monologue. Like, yeah, yeah. Of I like, agree with I that. don't want to kill my sister because I didn't even want that flying horse to hit her in the head, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Or her walking around in disguise. Yeah. Like seeing all this stuff and her interpretation of everything. Yeah. I think that would have been great. And I mean, there even could have been some part of that that played into it of like, she has been ramping up her whole religion thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, Senna claiming to be, like, the one, the one true God, the, like, blah, 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 yeah. it could play into the whole, like, this is wrong, this is a perversion, and obviously I have to... St-. Like, there could have been more flavors of that going into yeah. it. So, do we think that the next book... Because April's next in the rotation, but, like, do we think it's going to be an April book? I hope so. I don't know. I kind of feel like it'll be a David book, but I hope it's a April book. I hope it's all of them. I'd like a switch perspective yeah, book. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. What if it's fucking Senna again? She didn't die. 
Oh, but like they have to they have to tie up the whole like whenever she crosses the gateway like she feels eyes on her and I don't know if that means like that's the eyes of like all the gods that know she's opening the gateway or I kind of pictured it as being like some sort of like Elemis sort of I don't know. Cryak is back. Yeah. I'm I'm reading too many books. Like that's just that's just what it is. Is too many of these things are running together because you just said the eyes on you thing, and I was like, no, that was the dog. Huh? Are you talking about unicorns of Balinor? I am. That's exactly. <gasps> it took me a minute to sit there and figure out what I was thinking about. Yeah. The dog from Unicorns of Balinor the, was the, what I was thinking of. Uh. Link. I can't think of his Link. name. Link. Lincoln. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he was the Link. toad, but he's the dog. And I was like. That has nothing to do with anything. I here. can't believe I fucking got there. Because, <laughs> like, I too am reading too many books. So, like. <laughs> oh, and why did it work out so well? I don't know. That Link is just sitting there watching Senna go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, because he's the he's watching Senna be the Link in the other jumping. Group. Yeah. Oh, I just had a thought. It spoons. What? It spoons. Spoons is the nexus of all realities. <laughs> oh yes, it's true. We established this. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet boy. Um. Okay, so I had a thought. Next book. They can't get back. They can't get back to to the real world. David's okay with this because he gets to be big boss man of Everworld. Jaleel's okay with this because he can he can help modernize Everworld. Christopher's okay with this because he gets to be with his love. April's the only one who's not okay with it. She chooses to die and spend her last few moments in the real world. But she can't kill herself because it's against her religion. Okay. Mm. So I have two ways that I feel like this plays out. Right? Now these are going to be real predictions so I hope I'm not like spoiling anything if I'm right. Uh, So one, prediction one, one of them takes up the mantle as the doorway. Yes. And the other three get to go through. Ooh. And it's April in my mind. Oh. As like penance? Maybe. Maybe. Um, Or... Maybe it wasn't her choice. Maybe it's something that's forced upon her. Oh, oh, like Santa Claus rules. Yes, yes. Uh, prediction Santa two. Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. That's I'm so, so sorry, Tim. Prediction. <laughs> no, two. that's so good. Uh, prediction two. Where is Sinna's mom? In Egypt. Can we go find Sinna's mom and Sinna's mom send us back home? And then Sinna's mom grounds her. She can't do gateway magic anymore. Problem solved. Or they have to tell Senna's mom that they killed Senna. That seems fine. I don't think she, she'd care. Yeah, she'd probably be like, oh, phew. <laughs> she crap, I gotta she's do. She's not after me anymore. <laughs> she was. I gotta do two weeks of mourning. Yeah. Watch some videos. <laughs> gotta watch a single VHS tape and then I can call it good. <laughs> we all just gotta move on with our lives, okay? It's been a week and a half. We can't just sit here thinking about Senna all the time. Yeah. But those are my two predictions. Okay. I'm I, leaning towards let's go find Senna's mom. Your mm. first prediction is the one that I thought for sure 
was going to happen. And I just, I was like, it's going to be April, so. Now, I do have a long and storied history of getting predictions wrong. So. That's fine. But, like, Catherine and Michael are also so good at, like, leading you down one path and being like, oh, no, it's a completely different thing, but it still makes perfect fucking sense. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know anything. Devious. They are devious. I like to imagine that. I have these weird images of Michael Grant all the time, but now Michael Grant's just in front of a typewriter with his cigar, and then he just chuckles to himself, stops, looks up, he's like, the Cineclaws. I killed me. And then he just goes right back to typing. In my mind, he types like this. (laughs) Like with one finger up and down. I love the idea that Michael Grant is like, I I don't know why, but like this is this is what's brewed in my brain from these things. He loves to like just drink like brandy, whatever, get high, and watch TV shows like Santa Claus or like whatever. He writes it into his book the night before. The next morning, he gets up and he goes, "And now, how do I write myself out of this corner?" Oh my and like, god! He just sets his shit Challenges up for himself. himself yeah. Yeah. It's like an escape room of writing. Yes. Morning Michael Grant and night Michael Grant, and they are often at odds. They are always at odds, and they must salvage their relationship for money. Man. (laughs) So basically what you just described was Everworld. Kind of. But but the the gateway is drugged. Would that make him Dr. Michael and Mr. Grant? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it makes him. Okay. I'm ready to start reading now. Yeah. Oh, can I do a seven minute outro first? Oh, yeah. I guess we need to do that. All right. All right. I'm going to get on it. Send me your predictions for the last Everworld book at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or send them to our Facebook page at Animorphs Anonymous or super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Animorphs Anon or Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Cast on Twitter and Insta and uh, Apple Grant Book Club on Facebook. So find us those places. Do it. Find us also on Discord. That's right. We're in there. We're in there, and so are all of our really cool Animorphs friends that we made and and hang out with over there. Hit us up on any of our socials, and you can be come joining the family of of Animorphs friends together. Do this. Do this. It is good. <laughs> okay. Now I'm in this Discord, and I keep seeing links pop up uh for a webcomic and i would like to know a little bit more about that please who the fuck dares just bought this earl called aloofttroop.com and she keeps posting (laughs) there aloof (laughs) that's so good is that real yeah go to aloofttroop.com right now (laughs) okay okay hang on is that what we can call ourselves, all the Casey fans? <laughs> yes. Can we just call ourselves the Aloof Troop? Yes. <laughs> what the f- Oh my god. That's incredible. Okay, well, apparently if you go to aloof you will reach 
the landing page for my webcomic that I make and draw. It's called Beside You. Um, and if you go to aloofdroop.com or 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 besideyoucomic.com, B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com, uh, you can read that. And it's also on top of some webtoons. And, and it's also on Patreon, which has early access pages uh, and other such things if you like my work and want to support me. Yay! Aloofdroop.com Yeah. Uh, or Patreon.com slash KCD Studios. Yeah. Yeah, Tim. We need to, we need to talk about making Aloofdroop.com t-shirts. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm in. I'm in okay. to do this thing. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Aloofdroop.com. Do it. Go there. Patreon.com slash KCD Studios. Support it for only $9 million a month because Dan and I won't stop buying URLs. You oh. two can get the Slater cast of real thing that definitely for sure exists on Casey's mm-hmm. Patreon because we have so many subscribers at that tier. What else? What else is a thing that we make with our friends that is awesome? Or as I like to say, what T Tim? <gasps> is that what Timmy? What to, Timmy? Uh, oh, that's better. What Timmy? Uh, you can find me at horsegirls.club because I'm on horsegirls uh, or late starters, which is a Pokemon TTRPG podcast, and it's a lot of fun. And we don't dox the dead. Sure don't. Also, surprise attack. Tim's on another podcast. It's called oh, Surprise yeah. Attack Book Club. <laughs> I'm always surprised by that one. Me too. You can sometimes find it in places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to give you. Oh, okay. Then I won't tell you where to find yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so don't don't tell people where to where don't do they find it. Don't want to dox my dad. <laughs> yeah. it, it sounded like you said dad. Don't want to dox my dad. You don't want to go play bag. <laughs> you can dox a hoe, but you can't dox me. So Is that a yurkism? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there three oh three? There's three that's designation three oh three. That's my yurk. Don't dox a hoe. Ho three oh three. Ho three oh three. My yurk. Ho three oh three. Oh no, I want I want a yurk. That ends with 182. (laughs) (laughs) If you go back like really, really far in York history, there's B52. (gasps) (laughs) York lobster! (laughs) Every time, every time B52 gets called on a meeting, there's some asshole that yells bingo. (laughs) Wait, we forgot one. Speaking of Yorks. Speaking of Yerks, for more Animorphs content, check out Dungeons and Draken Beams, an Animorphs D&D podcast that I, I do that one. And it's great. And I love it. And I'll keep doing it. And you can't stop me unless you join our Patreon and pay me money to stop me. That's a new <laughs> tier that I'm going to do. It's called Stop Me. It's $50 a month. And we have to get 100 people at that tier before I'll stop. Oh, no. You're like setting up your own hate campaign. I am. I don't care. Come at me. <laughs> Anyways, Dungeons and Drake and Beams. Check it out. It's something. It's something.
Всем пять. Всем пять. Поти. Поти. Поти, guys. Don't wait. Why did you go like old chocolate lady from SpongeBob? I know. I know that's a chocolate. Don't. I lost the voice. Don't dox the dead. That there you go. Oh, that's a little kiwi. Won't you take me to Funky Town? I thought you were gonna say Electric Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. I don't know if those are the right lyrics. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. My dad they be a dachshund. <laughs> <laughs>